listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Well, you know what I'm speaking with? Right All right, I'm just kidding. That'll be, I'll just throw that in at the beginning. <laughs> Welcome to episode 36 of Cinemental. What's the boogeyman? As a matter of fact, it was. Your mother's in here with his cars. Would you like to leave a message? I see that she gets it. It was as if there were four razors cutting her at the same time. Kill her, mommy! Kill her! We'll tear your soul apart! The exorcist about 167 times, and it keeps getting funnier every single time I see it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the movie podcast that we can only hope you enjoy listening to as much as we enjoy making. My name is Steve Elwicky, and as always, I'm here with my co-host, Hassan Godwin and Lathan Conger the Third. Well, we did enjoy making until today, <laughs> until a few minutes ago. <laughs> I was going to say 36. (laughs) (laughs) Our guest tonight saw his first horror film in 1977. The now classic we know as the car from there. It was all downhill. He's an artist, a musician and an avid movie poster collector, a writer. And he curates a column called 31 days of Halloween, where every October he reviews horror films for 31 straight days. He is also, since 1998, co-creator of Living Dead Dolls, the longest-running horror-themed doll line, and the director of development at Mezco Toys. I very happily welcome into Cinemental, Damien Glonick. How are you, Damien? Doing good. Glad to be here. Excellent. I used to work with Damien at Mezco in my, in my short tenure there. Well, short, year and a half. Year and almost two years. Not, I guess it's short in the grand scheme of things for as long as you've been there, but uh, certainly longer than others. So... Ten years isn't short. Oh, tenure. Never mind. Never. <laughs> ah, that's right. Wow. <laughs> why, why, why are we made to suffer? Why are we made to suffer? Latham was constantly in a, in a state of trying out his stand-up routine uh, on, <laughs> yeah. on, our, on our airwaves, Damien, so be prepared. So, uh, I guess we'll jump into news that gives us fits. No! 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 I uh, I actually don't have. I had two little two little things that I found. Uh, one that ought to make Latham a little happy, uh, at least. Well, not not happy as it could potentially make us. I mean, mm-hmm. us other three people because we're in New York, where this news is centered, and he's in Chicago, where this news will have no effect on him whatsoever. But uh, AMC Theater stock jumped twenty two percent. Uh, with the news that New York is going to be reopening theater locations on Friday. Yeah, I mean, so they're, weird, they're try weird timing. I mean, <laughs> we're getting we're getting ready to shut down again. So, oh really? Yeah, on Friday they're gonna um, they're certain counties, not my county, but certain counties around Chicago and Illinois are are shutting down uh, restaurants on the inside again, and people are just oh. furious. So it's just. Well, it's it's just going to get bad again. And, you know, people, you know, they're going to they're going to make stock picks based on what's going on and be reactively every few days. I mean, you're just you're just not thinking big picture here. This this thing has to end. I mean, I hope it it's great to hear that AMC is 
trying to survive, but yeah. we have no choice at this point. It's either we open or we go out of business. Yeah. I mean, you're right. Uh, but people are doing that here and they're facing big fines and it's just, you know, you fight the power, but you still get fined and there's, you know, there's no way to no, there's no way around it. So I think this winter is going to be pretty bleak. So I hope, and, uh, I hope New York is not bleak and you guys can go see movies in the theater. That would be awesome. What does this mean uh, for like the Oscars in February? Like, Great point. What does it mean? Virtual you know, broadcast? Yeah. Well, and not only that, it's like what movies are going to be up for Oscars because no one's really getting to see anything unless it's just all going to be streaming. It's going to be Tenet versus Mulan. <laughs> it's going to be anything that was released until March. <laughs> <laughs> Tenet Mulan in every category and Tenet wins everything. That's fine with me. Now, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe a subsequent movie film will get some nominations this Friday, too. So, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, and, they're certainly and, not going to have the awards ceremony with everyone sitting next to each other and no. yeah. all that. It's going to be uh, like a giant Zoom uh, award show, or that's right, that's right, <laughs> because you can do I mean, Zoom rooms up to a thousand people now. So, I mean, oh no, you're kidding, really? Yeah, a thousand, yeah, you can have a thousand people in a Zoom room. That just seems fairly pointless to me, but uh, yeah, I can't imagine having a thousand people with the you. You have to just have everyone muted. It, it has to be. It I mean, has to be like a teaching. TED... If you're teaching, only you talk. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it has to be like a TED no talk where people are just you know punching in to listen to something, and then maybe they'll do it like sporting events and have like cardboard cutouts of uh, oh, everybody. That would be great, and they'll like bring it back. Like you know, they'll bring like. Uh, Jack Nicholson will be back in the front row. And- yeah. <laughs> that, well, they should do that. That's the only the only people at the actual event will people who are are actually potentially could win the award. So yeah. then all the other seats will just have their like a cardboard cut out of themselves. So they'll have to like go out, get a nice dress, get professionally shot, and then and then have this thing put on like a you know fat yeah. headed onto a piece of cardboard and then like, <laughs> like dropped into a seat. That would be there's fantastic. Just, no, there's no movies though. You know, Damien's right i mean what you know how many movies were pushed back and aren't going to qualify right why why even have it this year you're, you're going to have a water you know watered down picking from what how many movies to give this self-indulgent award to anyway so it's yeah well i mean it'll be so last year when the irishman was allowed in for oscar consideration did that ever actually play in theaters or no? It did. Yeah, it did. It did. So that so Very it had to, it, it had to play at least in a theater at some point. Uh, I don't know if that's true because I was just wondering. So can we you know, we have Mank coming out from Fincher on Netflix, right. which I could foresee being definitely into the category of of up for Best Picture and a whole bunch of other stuff. But like you said. If it's got to play in at least a theater, yeah, that that rule is going by the wayside. It has to at this point. There's just unless it's uh, played at a drive-in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or or That's one true. showing at a theater just to critics who are socially distanced or whatever. But that that just makes it very snooty. I mean, it, it yeah. shouldn't it shouldn't be that way where you have to have a special screening to get an award. That's just <clears throat> and here's something I never paid attention to as a kid, but. Don't they shut down drive-ins in the winter? Um, like in, in places like where we live? So not all, all of them. They used to have uh, heaters that like certain drive-ins would have heaters that you could put in your car so they could stay open all year round. 
Wow. This is like back in the fifties and sixties and stuff. Yeah. Wow. I didn't I have no idea. You That's... can't leave your car running at a drive in? Or is that just stupid because of the exhaust? I guess that'd be dumb. Yeah, you wouldn't want to. <laughs> but sometimes you have to, or you at least have to keep the battery on because sometimes they interlink it into your um, radio system. Right. So, right. so it's, it's got to be. Well, I think most of them are done that. I mean, they don't still clip speakers on windows, do they? Um, no. I don't know. I haven't. I haven't been to one in a long time. But the last one I was. Yeah, they broadcast it through a FM station. Yeah, local FM station. Okay. They just pick a that's frequency cool. by then that's empty and say we're broadcasting on ninety point three or whatever, and tune in and you'll get the movie. That's uh. And if yeah. any anyone savvy, they can listen to the movie if they live nearby. And they knew yeah. the frequency right. They could yeah. just listen yeah. to movies. That would be funny. And then the other thing is, is uh, uh, Chadwick Boseman's last movie will be out at Christmas time on Netflix. So that's a, another possibility as uh, being uh, depending on how the rules play out for Oscar candidacy. And I was just discussing with Damien that uh, we just got a poster this week for uh, a new reboot of Texas Chainsaw coming supposedly next next year or 22 for 21. So we'll see what happens. Oh, hello, Kitty. Yeah, I had a cat standing on a chair in the back. Nice. That's good. And hollow. Yeah, there was one other thing that just popped in my head, which fits the theme of our show and whatever for uh, news. And that was, uh, I guess, scientists came up with what Ugh, they consider the scariest, scariest movie of all time. Based <laughs> you see this article, Damien? I, I, I did not read it, but I saw what movie they chose. And... <laughs> yeah. I, have, I have not seen it, but I got to get your your three's point of view on if Is it even close or no? Not even close. I thought the movie was horrible. Okay. But I will say this about that movie. The 16 millimeter footage in it, I thought was really kind of creepy. Okay. Oh, yeah. Would have rather seen strictly almost just that kind of stuff going on. That sounds like Prince of Darkness. The 16 millimeter footage in that was awesome. And the rest of the movie was fucking garbage. So I I think I understand (laughs) what you mean. Coming out on 4K. What are you talking about? Which film are you speaking about? Uh, the movie was Sinister, Hassan. Sinister. Oh, okay. Have you seen no. it? No. No? Oh, okay. I no. thought maybe you had seen it. No, you it didn't already. see it? No, I have not seen it. Okay. It's uh, the scariest movie according to science, Hassan. It's not. Just so you're aware. <laughs> according to science? Uh, <laughs> no, yeah. these two aren't scientists here, Hassan. <laughs> the scientists said it's the scariest movie. <laughs> Well, if it's if yeah, science says I, so, I thought that they're. I thought that <laughs> they're science scientists. There's a difference. <laughs> I thought that they're the process that they chose to uh, to make that decision was a little suspect. But uh, well, what was it? So what they did was they strapped heart monitors onto people and showed them horror films. Oh, Christ's okay? sake! <laughs> so what oh, they did was they measured the way people's heart rates from a standing heart rate and how far it went up watching these particular films and where they peaked at. And then they went back and they took all their data and they threw it into a data set and they said, Oh, sinister caused the highest difference in heart rate change from people from the standing heart rate to whatever it was. And, you know, and got, and and they decided that that was the, that was the magic number. What what other movies did they show? I mean, well, that's a great question. Were their eyeballs being held open already? And they yeah. and they were they were, they were given the yeah. treatment. Their eyeballs were being held open, and then they were they they played Beethoven right. in they, the background. They clearly and... were <laughs> they clearly were not shown Exorcist three or Exorcist one for that. I matter. mean, yeah, really. 
Did they have no. a disclaimer, artist subjective, at the end of it that they yeah. should have slapped yeah. on? I, w- I would like to know what the what the what the movies were that they used to supposedly measure this. But uh, yeah, it was. I saw that and I was just. I started. I openly laughed when I yeah. was reading. I was reading this the the science behind <laughs> the uh, study. Yeah, yeah I was. I forgot about that. I was going to bring that up, but yeah, I thought that was pretty amusing. It's like the most affecting piece of art is the Mona Lisa because well, what, the most people reacted with their hearts to well, I mean, <laughs> this is fucking stupid. This is dumb. It's a dumb idea. And if you thought of it just because there's a pandemic, that was the best you could do. You still fail. And if you're which, listening to our show and you're the scientist who came up with this, you fail. You fail. And that's it. Yeah. So go back and come up with a new study. So or just, yes, ask can't, some, you can't, just ask some people. You can't put scientific data on art, you know, it's all up into interpretation. Well, this, yeah, this was their, listen, this was a way for, this was a, this was a a way for someone to get an article written in the month of October. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's what they got. Yeah. Yeah. So that will be the end of Yes, Damien. Damien is the only, only person who I know personally only person I know personally, that was a little awkward. uh, Is the only person I know. Well, who knows who definitely knows more about horror movies than me. So I definitely wanted to have him on here just simply for, for that fact. And I think his movie choices define that choice. So uh, Damien's choice for a favorite film, which uh, he also claims could also be a guilty pleasure. And by its rating on rotten tomatoes, I agree with him uh, is children shouldn't play with dead things. Alan, he's such a dear boy. Oh, this is Anya. Isn't she just the sweetest thing? (laughs) And this is their new friend, Smedley. They're giving him a party. Oh, the children are having such fun. They're laughing and laughing. And it all began here, one foggy winter's evening. 1971. Oh. He ought to be ripe. My friend Orville and I are having cocktails in ten minutes at my island cottage. Alan, you're not really going to take that thing back to the cottage. Oh, yes. The children had such a lovely time. It's too bad nobody ever told them children shouldn't play with dead things. From 1972, directed by Bob Clark, going under the name Benjamin, with a running time of 87 minutes. An acting troupe led by a wannabe sorcerer heads to a remote island to try out a spell to wake the dead. He is just showing off, and a mockery is made to the ritual. Unbeknownst to the group, and possibly too late, the spell may just actually work. Damien, why do you love this movie? Oh, where to start? could break this down into each scene how genius <laughs> I'm listening because on every level <laughs> there's there's no other movie like it hold on David hold on <laughs> <laughs> oh blasphemy <laughs> I remember the first time I saw this uh late at night on TV and my dad was all excited my dad was really into horror films and he would watch them all the time and uh he was like, oh, my God, children shouldn't play with dead things. It's coming on TV. We got to watch it. And it was like, you know, back when TV would show horror films and all kind of weird movies, like, you know, late at night, midnight, you know, whatever. And uh, 
when the movie starts and the the caretaker sees someone in the graveyard like hunched over and, he, and he's like who's there and he, he brings a lantern over and the guy spins around with the the mask on and and the logo comes up i was like shut it off <laughs> like that is all i needed to see as a little kid i was like i cannot see anymore what's going on in this movie <laughs> like even just like the title alone i thought was just so creepy sounding and conjured all these images of like what what arcane things are children doing with dead things that they, you know what are they doing with these things like uh it just like conjured all these images of, of just things that children shouldn't be doing when i eventually did uh get around to being brave enough to watch it uh it, i think it's 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 not like any other low budget film made at that time, though this was like, you know, Bob Clark's like first film and probably almost everyone involves first film too. The story and the acting and the dialogue does not seem to like uh, fall flat or, or they, they step over their lines or something like that. It's almost like the entire movie is real and ad libbed to an, an extent. And it's such a bizarre story of, you know, I can't think of any other movie where it's like an acting troupe goes somewhere to do something so every character is larger than life to begin with because they're all acting and they're all you know overacting in a sense right. you know and really o- over portraying things and just like as if you were talking to someone like like if we're having conversations like that and someone's gonna spout out like a line from a movie because we all love movies and and we all memorize the lines and when we're talking we're always like That'll remind us of a line for movie, so we'll say that. Like that's how these characters act. They'll just right. break into like song or, or or some kind of acting thing, <laughs> just because they're actors, and and that's what they do. You know. Yeah, if you've ever been around dramatic folks, yes, that's that 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 part of it absolutely is 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 dead on point. Yeah. So <laughs> and like, despite like they're obviously very stylish seventy clothes, which you have to look past. <laughs> Those pants, man. Those pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the other, uh, one of the other things I love about it is um, I'm a big fan of uh, atmosphere in movies. Uh, I, like, to me, atmosphere goes a long, long way. And if you, you can just build upon that, it, it, you know, it can make a bad story good because it, it, it creates feeling. And, and stuff like the old Universal movies and, uh, you know, Hammer stuff, you you got the graveyard, you got the smoke, you got the, you know, it's nighttime, you got the dead trees. I'm like, yep, I'm in. Like, I'm a sucker for that. Like, it totally builds the mood. So you, you have this movie where they're on an island. They go to a graveyard, old smoky graveyard filled with rapists, murderers. You know, the worst of the worst are, are in this graveyard. And like, oh, what happened to the caretaker? Oh, he went crazy and murdered his family and hung himself in the house that we're going to stay in. So it's just like, it's almost like camp and exaggeration upon exaggeration, but it, it like builds this creepy, like, like why do you watch horror movies for these, these creepy stories and stuff like that? And they just build the creepy story upon creepy story to lay their foundation on this movie. And then you throw in the music or not even, like music plus like the sound effects is so bizarre, like almost like jungle sounds that are like, like birds and, and like whatever making these noises that are so bizarre at night, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's such a, a strange feeling. And then I think like, and they have like the two gay guys in there that are extremely flamboyant, which 
again, was something you never really saw so much. Way, way ahead of the time. At that time. And, I mean, I, maybe eh, it's like a whole other thing, but, like, maybe it's supposed to be funny and stuff. But I, I never, like, I don't look at this as a comedy or, or intentionally supposed to be funny. And it was played straight. You know, they were played serious. They were over flamboyant, but done in, in a serious way. And then the whole, like, desecrating the grave uh, is... And the the makeup on that just looked somewhat realistic. And when you get to the end of the movie and he's lying in bed with a corpse <laughs> and he turns around and, and you see the scene where the corpse is now sitting on the mattress. Like, could you imagine <laughs> being in a deserted house in a room with that big, tall, lanky corpse who was once, you know, dead now sitting on the fucking end of a mattress, like my ass would have been like a cartoon through the wall. You know? <laughs> it's just been a silhouette of Damien's shape. <laughs> yeah, out. So, 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 exactly what it would have been like. So, I mean, those are some of the reasons why I, I this movie just, I, I think doesn't get the credit it deserves so much to an extent. Uh, it's just unlike anything else. Uh, I, I had never seen it before. And, uh, and a lot of the things you, you pointed out are dead on, uh, watching this movie. I expected, I expected far worse just simply from, you know, things that I knew about course, it going know, in. The, the blood is very red, but everything was back then. They, they didn't have the know-how when it, to, when it comes to time, when movies are made things like that, are never things that I focus on. I never, I, I never look at movies back, back in the, you know, in the seventies and eighties, the blood being the wrong color or the wrong consistency mm-hmm. or, or even to the extent of, you know, like zombie makeup. You know, I never, right. I never knock a film, especially a film made for, <clears throat> I, I, I don't even know what the budget would be for this movie. Uh, a, a, a box of steaks. I mean, yeah, maybe not a lot. <laughs> uh, and so, I mean, it's, you know, for, for what they made this film for, it, I, I found it right, kind of fun. I thought that they took probably, you know, again, this is looking at it from a, a, the standpoint of, or the, the, the mind, fr- the mind space of modern filmmaking. I think they probably, they took a long time getting to where they would needed to get. Cause I knew the movie was only, you know, uh, what was it? Less than 90 minutes long. Right. And yet it seemed like I'm like, I kept thinking they're running out of time is I'm like, what is going to happen? There has to be something happen. I mean, it can't just go through this movie and then have nothing happen. So when it finally does happen, I'm like, crap, man, they've only got like five minutes left. But it, I mean, obviously it's longer than that, but it doesn't um, take long for zombies to eat right. people. <laughs> no, that's very true. But I, uh, I did enjoy this. It was really fun to watch. Like you said, the, you know, the, 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 I kept expecting bad dialogue and bad dialogue and the dialogue, the dialogue for me was just fun. There, there's, there's crazy lines in that movie. Like, um, Oh, like was so it many take, of the like conversations. A, it, it doesn't take like a, uh, uh, what the hell is it? Like a, uh, insurance salesman to, to deal with the <laughs> devil. You know, it takes an artist. Like, right. These, like there's such poetic lines that they spat out at times. It's, it's just fucking genius. <laughs> There was a there's a lot of good stuff uh, buried in this in this little 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 corner of uh, of horror of horror classicdom, you know, and like the 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 monsters are are com- or the monsters the zombies are completely unapologetic. They they right. come up they come up and they do one thing and there's never there's never any scenes of them 
being, you know, being outsmarted because they're too stupid or anything else. You know, obviously they, they were able to, you know, get themselves locked away in the house a couple of times after being caught outside. And, you know, that's part of the interaction, I think, between them and the monsters is one of the things I like because it was very much, you know, one guy, <laughs> one guy goes out, you know, and then they had this big plan and they get back inside and look out back and the guy didn't make it 50 feet, you know, yeah. and, you're, and you're just like, well, all right, I guess that's not going to work next. <laughs> um, you know, the only, it's, it's a dire situation you're in, you know? Yeah. You're on an Island in a house with nothing like, and the house is being attacked. What are you, what are you going to, what do you do? <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's just it. You've you've got the boat to get to. I mean, I, I mean, if this was a modern film, all this would have happened in the first fifteen minutes, and we would have spent the rest of the hour and ten minutes, uh, you know, chasing them around the island and getting right. slowly, slowly shaved off one by one through either stupidity or you know just people not thinking, you know, clearly. But outside of that. Uh, I, 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 I did have fun watching this, you know, we, we've, you know, after seeing Maniac Cop last week, uh, you know, we've gone over how, how watching some of these older horror films that, uh, especially horror films for me, uh, more than my other two compadres, seeing stuff that we've missed, uh, or that I've missed over the years and have a backlog of, of kind of classic stuff that I should watch. It's always fun to try and to catch one of these. But uh, and I'm pretty sure that none of us had seen this before. Am I correct in that? Uh, John and Latham had never seen this. So, who'd like to go first? Hassan, would you like to go first? Um, I can let Latham go first this time. Latham would. Latham, why don't you go? Why don't you start us off? Well, the important thing to remember here is that <laughs> here we go. <laughs> Damien, this, this is an important movie to him. This art matters to him. And he enjoys this film immensely, and it, it's nostalgic for him, and that's why he's chosen it. And the, he likes this movie a lot. And that's the most important thing to remember. Now, <laughs> that being said, okay, so the scariest shot in the film is when that guy turns around at the beginning of the film. That Instantly, I was like, wow, that's really good. That's a good little scare. The makeup was great. Awesome. Yeah, and then I was let down for the next 93 minutes because nothing else scared me in the rest of the film. The acting is fine uh, to his point as well that no one, no one seemed to be overacting or badly acting. So that was fine. But it seemed like they had this script that the only thing I can compare it to is like they wrote it together in like film school and they wanted to make it clever and different for a horror film. So they had all this dialogue going on for like the first three fourths of the film. And eventually it just started to grade on me. And I didn't, I just, it, it tuned me out. I didn't like the one girl snapping at him all the time and saying he's a failure. And, you know, just some of the clever lines just didn't resonate. I, I you know, I tried to, you know, I, tr I tried to have my interest kept and it, it just it didn't get kept as this as the movie went along and like Steve said it, it I mean this is the this is the longest less than 90 minute movie I've ever watched I was just like wow when are they going to get to something happening here you know I know we only got three locations we got the forest 
and we've got the house and we've got the beach or the graveyard or whatever. And it, it just takes them forever to get there. So that bothered me. Um, you know, I know it's considered a comedy or it's listed as a comedy. It didn't what? really make, make me laugh. A comedy? Yeah, I mean, that's that's how it's, I'm, I, I agree. It's, it's definitely not a comedy because, you know, I, did, I didn't laugh, but it shouldn't be listed as one. I just, I don't know. I, oh, a thing that bothered me, and I know a lot of older films have this problem, but the dubbing was like two frames off. And it, I know you don't have a digital Adobe Premiere set in front of you when you're making this but you just got to back up two frames and you got you'll have it right but after i caught on to it that bothered me so that took me out of the film i don't know what the color scheme of this film meant with these like the last three people alive i think are all in orange i don't know what that meant probably meant probably nothing. they supplied their own wardrobe <laughs> i'm sure yeah i, I was gonna say it was probably a coincidence that I will give the score some credit. The score was unique and, and definitely created an atmosphere uh, that was, that was uh, unique and interesting to listen to some of the stuff, the, the, the scene at the end, when the guy wakes up in the bedroom, he's just standing there. Yeah. That's, that's really creepy. And that worked. But at that point I was pretty much out of it. I don't know. Uh, I'd probably say that I really don't like this film and I, uh, <laughs> I don't, I, I don't want to see it again, uh, but I understand why it's a horror classic because at the time it probably didn't have much to compare it to. So people were like, wow, this is unique and that's cool, but I was born now, so no. <laughs> I think, well, you know, I think that one of the new trends in horror uh, with uh, actually what it seems with mostly good horror movies these days is the extremely slow burn where you got a 90 minute movie and very little is happening until, until, you know, your last 20, 15 minutes and it, and it's all that buildup. And I think those are actually some of the best horror movies coming out that are like that. So you like Ari Aster, Midsummer, and uh, Hereditary, right? Cause those uh, are about as slow burning <laughs> as a pot with uh, a gallon of water set on low. I'll tell you what, I, I did like Hereditary. I did not like Midsummer, and it only had to do with, the fact that never, ever, ever is it a good idea to go with a cult anywhere. <laughs> so that immediately took me out of the movie. And I was like, I don't care what happens. This is this was bad from idea from day one. <laughs> they should have never. As soon as you see people in white with flowers in a field, you'd be like, mm, nah. Like, oh, this, gotta, this is, you know, I got to go. I'm going to grab a room at the Ramada, and uh, yeah. you can pick me up on the way out. I thought, I thought the movie Midsummer was it was beautifully shot, great movie, but I just I couldn't get into it because you can't make me ever think that <laughs> no one thinks nothing's going on when they go hang out with a cult. Yeah, no one's that dumb. That's yeah. but Hereditary, uh, I loved. I thought that was a fantastic movie. Okay. Um, and I'll tell you, and it, and it could be my reason. Like, I do not. I'm not a fan of. Uh, of action movies and, and and the exact opposite of what you're saying is action movies bored the shit out of me. It, it's, it's like all, short, it's, not it's all part. like substance over style. Usually, unless it's like a Hong Kong action movie, which is complete style, you know, but like a, a lot of American action movies, I have like zero interest in, in, in watching. Like, like we were talking about the fast and the furious. I have zero interest in, in watching any of that fast paced, kind of stuff i i you know a, a slow burn slow 
driven movie does not bother me as long as it's it's going to have some kind of ending or something where I'm, uh, you know, like, wow, oh, that was effective. And granted, there are definitely movies I've seen where um, the endings just kind of like where it was slow and then it just ended, and you're like, oh wow, what, like what the fuck? <laughs> you know that that one. Um, I am the pretty thing that lives uh lives in the house. Yeah, with, lives in the house. Yeah. Which I thought was like that movie was like watching poetry on film, but I felt like the ending was so abrupt and left me wanting more that it, it kind of disappointed me. But his yeah. other films, like uh, Black Coat's Daughter, I thought was Black Coat Daughter was Black Coat's Daughter was great. Slow as shit movie, yep. but man, that ending was like so awesome. And uh, when uh, have Reynolds you watched, Hansel, have you watched, have you, oh, I haven't that, seen that. Was good. I haven't seen that one. Have you watched uh, 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 The Endless? Yes. Okay. Um, I liked. Was it the Spring or Spring? Spring. Time? Spring was his for yeah. Yeah, Spring. I, I like that one better. Okay. And I saw a third one just coming out. Uh, yeah, or, uh, synchronic. Yeah, so yeah, it's actually out. out. It's out Friday. Yeah, and I, I, I like all those, but I, I really like Spring uh, more than uh, Endless. Okay, but let me just say oh, one oh, other oh. thing. I and I and this is something I do, like when I watch uh, American movies because I watched a lot of foreign uh, stuff from the seventies, and and it, it's obviously they had no money, they had no nothing. It was all just cheaper and stuff like that. So I kind of you know let things slide more. But when I watch newer movies or American movies, I feel like they should know better. <laughs> so, like, I want to see mistakes corrected or something like that. But I think, you know, when you're watching movies, older movies especially, you have to watch it in a, in a certain frame of mind where, like, this is what it was like at that time. And if you're going to compare it to something, you know, of today, you know, it, it, you know, unless it's something exceptional, you know, like The Exorcist or Psycho or something like that, which is almost timeless. You know, you, you have to watch certain movies in a, in a frame of mind of when it when it came out and, and right. what the world was like at that time. Yeah. It's, and that's the thing. You know, it's funny. The very first time I ever watched the original Texas Chainsaw. So I was probably <laughs> in my probably early 20s, which would put me squarely in the early 90s uh, before I saw Texas Chainsaw for the first time. And I, you know, I, obviously I'd seen all the majors up till then probably before that and when i finally watched it you know after you know and and listen if you've never seen the original texas chainsaw massacre and you you know and you've heard all the stories you've probably seen sequels and or reboots ahead of seeing the original even but when you watch the original i the first time i watched it i was expecting so much more just from all the hype that kind of surrounded that movie at the time and it wasn't until I viewed it a couple more times that I that I began to appreciate it the way it deserves. And now when I watch it, I, I see it almost in a completely different way. It's got this it's got an almost documentary feel to it. Uh, it doesn't feel like a film. A good portion of it doesn't feel like a film somebody made you know, like purposefully made like they, somebody was just, someone just happened to be yeah. hanging out there with a camera and caught a bunch of fucking fucked up shit. And, <laughs> and I'm, and I'm sorry, but to this day, no one has been able to equal the sound of that hammer hit <laughs> the first time when you first see Leatherface take somebody and right. he hits him with that. He hits him with that, just a regular old hammer, but yeah. whatever sound that is, 
to this day in any other movie, there is, there is no equal to that sound or certainly no equal to the first time you hear it. And it's just, it's just awful. The thing with Texas Chainsaw, you can, you almost can feel the Texas heat in that movie. Yeah. It just, and, and, and it just feels hot and dirty and sweaty. Right. That you, that, that's how you feel when you're when you're watching it. it right, it's, it's a movie like you get that. done watching. And you just want to take a shower because you just you feel yeah. you feel and not because you feel like you know like grossed out by the movie, but because you you feel like you've just been immersed in this like situation, and you're just like I, I, God, I just need to get clean. This this, yeah, this, this, yeah, I just, exactly. this is just awful. So Hassan, <laughs> what did you think of children shouldn't play with dead things? I think Alan Ornsby is the most annoying piece of shit I've ever seen. <laughs> I was gonna say that, but like, <laughs> holy shit, killed his guy. That's the the whole film. I was like, I cannot wait until this asshole gets killed. Yeah, it's a, it's a very slow burn. You kind of it, it telegraphs its punches. I will say that uh, you know, I don't have I don't have much to say about um, most of the stuff that leads up to the to the to the last maybe like what what did you say like five minutes. Of when it, you know, you know, yeah, but no, it feels like that. five minutes, like when the shit hits the fan. But I mean, you know, it's gonna happen. Like the, it's not the, it's not any fault of the movie because of when we saw the movie. It's not the movie's fault that we saw it late in this in the stage of development where you kind of like, okay, that's, you know, this is a joke. This joke's gonna turn real, and everybody's gonna regret telling the joke. I mean, that's basically what horror is, you know. <laughs> and so it's not the movie's fault that that is you know that's that's kind of telegraphed the first five minutes of it the, the twist of the fact that the the two guys in the troop in the beginning were you know the whole thing was a fake out and they, they were you know it was just a prologue and just showing them setting up a prank you know which actually looks like a hard i think that was very clever you know you do feel real bad for the groundskeeper because, like, oh, he's alive. Oh, no. Oh, no. Whoops. No. <laughs> oh, no, he's not. Yeah. Uh, I stepped in it. <laughs> and the asshole who's like the, the boyfriend who snuck out the back. You know, like, there's, there's always so much. So many nefarious <laughs> characters. Like, you, you, I do like horror for, for the one aspect of when, it, when it's done right. The, the the one you least have uh the, the 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 one you least observe or the the one you least uh regard is probably going to be the one that steps up the most you know and the one who's you know the the what is it the the kids say now the one who virtue signals the most in, in the front he's going to be the first one to break for the door you know so <laughs> right, right. So that guy who just slipped out without his girlfriend, and then you know, like you said, he didn't get he didn't get ten feet before he got snacked on, and uh, and and it, it ended up getting his girlfriend killed because she went looking for her. she went out to look for him, and then she got grabbed, and then the guy's right there to try to help her, and he runs away. Like the 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 what's yeah. his name Jeff, the pudgy guy, he just <laughs> yeah. And it <laughs> well, and the thing I did the thing I did like about that was I liked the fact that. And again, watching it for the first time, you look at it and you see the guy, they make the plan. This guy's they're They're going to go out front, make a ruckus. Everyone's going to go to the front. He's going to sneak out the back and yeah. try to get to the boat to get help. So you're like, OK, so, you know, clearly things are going to go <laughs> sideways for him. He's going to get caught up in the forest somewhere. But so you're thinking of all the different yeah. ways that he's going to get screwed up somehow. And and you get back to it. And it's like, 
No, nope, he really didn't even make it out of the yard. But this, this, <laughs> right, the next. stupidest thing, that's yeah. the, that, that plan was dumb. He's going to go to the boat. Great. Wow. What's he going to do? Bring the boat around? You can't, what, what, why does one person need to go to the boat? Well, I well, mean. He was going to go and get help. Or do something. I mean. Yeah. That's always the, the plan. Guy. Someone always goes to the car to get help. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, okay. Yeah. Not, not in the Geico commercial they don't, <laughs> but everywhere else yeah. they do. I just, I, just, I just think the better thing to do is to hold up until daytime until you can see where you're going, and then everybody tries to break for the boat. You know, it just to me, it makes more sense to, to strengthen numbers. Well, so we won't even know. We're here hold up in this place. We won't even know if that guy got away, right? There's no way to know he got right. away. There's no way to know if he'll ever come back. He may never come back. He's like, woof, that was close. I need a whole new f- set of friends. Um, and he does, he does, just does it. He writes them off and doesn't come back. So to me, it's like, okay, I understand that this is – this is for the sake of sequence. This is another way to get to, to peel off another one of these characters. The, to me, the plan didn't make a lot of sense, but it's fine. It's not a, it's not a flaw in the, it's like a flaw in the genre. It's not really a flaw in the film. And also like you can, you can allow that these guys under this completely unique circumstances aren't in the right head to strategize. You know, they're not, they're not making good calls at this point. Um, being stuck in this particular situation. They're actors. They're not military uh, minds. Right. However, I'm look, the film is a, it's a, it's a, it's a good film. I enjoyed watching it. Let me just say that because everything else that I'm about to say, is going to be a little nitpick, you know? So it's not, it has no, it's no judgment on, <laughs> on the film itself as films go. As I said before, you could kind of see where it all, it all was going. A lot of, some of the characters were really annoying but I did feel that it was when the when the when the inevitable rise of the dead did happen, it was it still was an effective sequence. Like even if I knew it was coming, when they when they rose up and then they you know and and um, was that guy Roy? One of the one of the two guys. Uh, Roy he came came running back. Yeah. And he was covered in blood. The one thing I thought was going to happen is they they were all going to think, okay, it's another prank. You know, it's like you know, just give it up, Roy. You know, we're we're not afraid. But Right. The the one thing I do like in in uh in movies whenever they do it is that there is a spike in the air when something really bad is going on. And a lot of people just cannot deny something. We don't know what it is and we may not believe in what it is, but we can tell something serious from something that's not serious. So when Roy came coming back and he was covered in blood and he fell down, none of them were like, "Hey, stop bullshitting." They were like, "Yo, what the fuck you know what's, what's up with Roy and then yeah. you can hear the, the the sounds of the the dead uh coming for them yeah yeah which yeah it was another atmosphere yeah and so that thing. that was like that I I thought that was effective you know and then they just okay into the house like everybody go into the house if the whole movie was building up to that then that that was where that made the last that that last you know 10 15 minutes kind of made all of the the, the build-up kind of worth it because by then you were kind of willing to watch a whole bunch of people get killed at that point, especially Alan. Fuck Alan. Fuck Alan. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> he didn't die badly enough. I could see how people think he's in. Well, all he did was chew scenery. He chewed scenery the whole, about- the, whole, the whole film. Yeah, right. And... Totally, not yeah. the actor. I'm talking about the character. I'm not. I don't have a. You know, because I know. I know he. Right, yeah, right, he's yeah. behind yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, too, he's, he's, he? he's. Yeah, and they're. 
and they're yeah, all using their names. They're all new using their real names lines. for the. Which I think is another thing that kind of adds to the realism of the way they acted and, and stuff like that by almost yeah. using their real names. I think Alan know? was the only one out of them who was a caricature. Everybody else is kind of real, right. you know. Yeah. So actually, uh, the, the woman who plays Anya, yeah, was yeah. Uh, is at the time was okay. his real life wife, <laughs> right? Who he handed over to the zombies on the stairwell. Yeah, right. So <laughs> yeah, I, I think she is yeah. like just completely descending into madness out of her mind. Yeah, throughout that you movie. And if you watch, uh, so Bob Clark's uh, second movie that he did uh, was called Dead of Night, which is uh, or it's our Death Dream. Death Dream. And it's kind of like a monkey's paw uh, type movie. Guy gets, son gets killed in Vietnam. Mother like just won't accept it. And they kind of almost wishes him back and he comes back, but he's dead. So Anya plays his sister in that movie. And she's completely different type of character. She's like, you know, a, just a, a normal loving sister, like 180 degree of how she film. acted yeah. in, in children. Right. That really kind of shows cases like she you know she definitely had some talent there because she comes across like this girl is so out of her mind like i would have thrown her <laughs> to the zombies you know <laughs> yeah he seemed like he was kind of he, he was kind of he was kind of human shielding her you know like using her but yeah, but he yeah, was totally. also sort of sort of nurturing her also like he was he was kind of protecting her at this until the last minute where he just here you go right you know this this will slow you down yeah this will, that's all i can I, do i went up three steps i can't i can't you carry got, you up these the, all these steps so off you go <laughs> yeah it's really weird because um amazon does a trivia or whatever this does bios for um for all the actors in the film and her the way they wrote her bio it was like she was dead you know, because she was, yeah, she was. A, really? Well, she, yeah, she appeared in like six things yeah. and then just but disappeared. She's, I, I just, yeah, she's like still alive. I went, so. I looked oh, in. Oh, really? Yeah, she's still alive. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I went that. to Wikipedia or whatever to find out, who, nice. you know, whether she was alive or dead. No, she's, she's, in, she's like 74, you know, she's, she's still alive. But, but the, yeah. way, the way they wrote her up. How'd she look? I, um, I don't know. I didn't see her. Damien, how'd she look? Oh, she looks, she looks good. Okay. Um, she, you know, and it was funny. Uh, it was one of those things too. Like, uh, so I, I've you know go to conventions. I meet like a lot of celebrities, and this is something that drives me crazy: is when people sign their names, and it's like an illegible scribble, and it's like, what what does this say? You know, I feel like you know if you met like someone older, like in the fifties and sixties and stuff, they take the time to actually sign their name in right. cursive. You know, and you could totally tell the difference between people today. It's like some kind of code. Mm-hmm. That they write, you know, they even write a name. What are you, a doctor? <laughs> Come on. When I got her autograph, it was the most beautiful, legible handwriting. <laughs> a perfect script. And I was just like, I had to thank her for actually writing something that you can, you know, read and, and look like someone signed their name and not made like a Morse code <laughs> thank symbol. Thank you. I or, actually or read this. I very much appreciate it. <laughs> but yeah, but there, there are things in them. Okay. My, my attitude about some of these horror movies, what what kind of takes me out of the horror movie is if it was something I would have fallen for or something I wouldn't have fallen for. So that's, you know, it's not fair to the movies. Um, and I'm not a horror movie person. 
So I understand there's a, there's a certain amount of conceit that you have to have in order to go into a horror movie in the first place. And you shouldn't be like comparing it to, you know, a, a Hamlet or anything like that. So I don't, I don't actually have that problem, but the, it well, yeah, you know, I mean. you know, it's like, well, that's just, what <laughs> yes, was the motivation for that sequence? That made no sense. That's not- <laughs> it's, it's again, it, it's you, you, you gotta put yourself in a frame of, of what type of movie you're you're watching. Like, I'm okay. Like, if if, if I'm watching a cheap exploitation movie, then you know I what? can I could do that to an Let's extent. Go, you know, go crazy. But if I'm expecting to watch something good, I'm probably harder on it. Well, yeah, that's be what good. I'm saying. But I mean, in you in know? order for me to like, the, the, the horror movies just got to scare me. I just got to be scared, and it's an effective movie. That's why some of the movies I named that I was I received rebuke for calling a horror movie um, by the other people on this panel um, is because those movies effectively <clears throat> scared me once or twice. So, and I won't I won't mention them now but because I'm not going through that. I'm not you going through that again. Horror movies or? <laughs> I don't yeah, think yeah. they're horror movies. That's, that's well, I'll tell you, like, I think a super frightening movie that I, I don't think is hard was like Fire, yeah. Fire in the Sky. Yeah, man. Yeah. That was a, oh, yeah, dude. I thought the movie was terrifying, a, and that's not really a horror Terrifying film, sequence in that film. Yeah. I, 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 that, that's, a tough, that's a tough one to pick, but I, I think I would probably lean towards that being a horror film. Or yeah. at least being able yeah. to be classified. So the the, the like film in, the film in question that Hassan lists as his favorite horror film is Silence of the Lambs. No, it's know, a drama no, horror. No, we're taking that as a horror film, just because it won Academy Award and is good and stuff like that. Oh, don't uh, try that, and elevate it like no, 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 no. no. That was is. that wasn't my Space reasoning. level. It's a horror movie. That, my reasoning wasn't the fact that it, that it was a was a well made film or, or won awards. My reasoning was is it's not a horror film. It's not it, because a film has horrific elements doesn't make it a horror film. Do you see what, what I mean? It has horrific elements. Has horror. That's what I mean? a, that's <laughs> a drama. There's a there's a there's a serial killer in the film who eats it's people. A, it's a, it's a serial killer. Zodiac's not exactly. a horror film. Zodiac it can very well film. be a horror film. You could consider that a horror film. It could be. Sounds the Lambs is a thriller. It's a thriller. It's, I mean, you can call it whatever you want. You want to call you it see, a horror Damon? film? <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to lose. I'm not going to listen. I'm not losing sleep no matter what. So I'm just that's. I'm just giving you my reasoning behind. Yeah, it. But, I, yeah. When when you want to start like yeah, chopping up the genre into subgenres. That's what. Yeah. That's look. Right? The bottom line is when Alan is in bed with a corpse, the fact that his friends weren't on that boat going ashore ruins the whole fucking film you know like it to me it's like wait what do you guys you guys gotta write this guy off because he's in bed with a corpse now <laughs> he's he's yeah, keeping I, them all employed i though. will like, go on unemployment would've... i will get another i will freelance <laughs> they want to be an actor he's apparently the only troop in yeah. town. <laughs> a- apparently yeah and so <laughs> That's He's like the only the, guy my, my attitude about yeah. uh, the Blair Witch Project, you know, whatever, where, however that movie fits into the pantheon of all things. Where you know the well, the well, proposal of you know we're going to make a documentary about the Blair Witch. I'm okay. That sounds great. We're going to go to Maryland and we're going to go and interview people about the legend of the Blair Witch. Okay, that's okay. We're going to go to the sites where all these things happen and we're going to film them and we're going to and we're going to do. Uh, uh, commentary pieces. 
on these sites. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm with you. And then we're going to sleep out in the woods and see what happens. Fuck you. I'll be at the hotel. When you guys get back, uh. I'll cut the film together for you. And we can, that's just something I'm not, I'm not, I ain't doing that. You know, I don't give a shit if you call me a coward. I don't care. I'll be the, I, coward, I, it's fine. Coward. It's fine. You know, and then there's a trope like Paul Mooney said, you can't get a black, a, a drunk black guy to jump off a porch. You know, like there's, there's, there's a racial context to it, but um, it's, it doesn't matter. You're you're lying in bed with a corpse. I'm 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 calling it an evening. I'm I'm calling this evening off. You know, and the fact that everybody was like, everyone was like, this guy stinks. What are we doing? They're helping him move the corpse around. Like you all deserve this. You all deserve this. You know, this is just, this is why I make myself scarce when the evening starts to get weird, because in for a penny, in for a pound by then. So. You know, that, and I'm not. T- I'm not saying that that was not. I it, it ruined the immersiveness of it because it didn't. Um, I like I said, once the dead rose, I was like, okay, showtime now. You know, let's let's get, let's. Got yeah, and you know the, the, the. I did like. I mean, um, my favorite character is Val. You know, even though she was, and it was that's an easy character because she's probably the most down to earth of all of them. She's not crazy like Anya, and she's she's the only. Mm-hmm. Uh, Val is the Val? one who kind of called him out. Yeah, the, the, the one hair. in the orange. Yeah. Yeah. He was constantly ripping on him. Did you love that shot of him when he was looking sad after she yeah. called him out? That must have been <laughs> yeah. your favorite shot of that guy. He was looking down. Because at it was like he was over was the like, top, yeah, Dickie. You, you know, dude. like he was like, who would hang out with yeah. this guy? You know? Like, I, like, I get accused of being obnoxious, so I, and I, I am not nearly as bad as that guy, you know? So, so like, I understand. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. you. I, I've never slept with a corpse in, 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 as far as you know, and that's all you need yeah. to know, Steve. It, there's, there's no corpse sleeping in my, in my history. Thank you. <laughs> yes, but you see, the difference is, is you sleep with a corpse. I'm like, whatever, to each his own. You, I sleep with the corpse, <laughs> and you're down the road. So you and that means you would be killed, Steve, <laughs> because because my corpse has friends, and they're upset, and they're coming right now. <laughs> and they're animated. Yeah. And there's a lot more dead people than there are living ones. When hell is full, the <laughs> dead will walk that. here. So, just remember that there's always a lot more I, dead people. I mean, like the, this month in in particular, because I'm not a horror person. Like there's there's there are there are certain situations where like you're watching they're setting you up so that you can watch a fall you know and that's part of the the enjoyment of it. I wanted Alan to die, so I'm like I'm sticking with this right until fucking Alan dies. <laughs> like I'm not turning this off until I see Alan die. When did you want Alan to die? I wanted him to die after his second sentence. <laughs> <laughs> How about you? Where, where did you somewhere, lose it with you? Somewhere, somewhere around the time they were in the house. It took a while because I'm like, this guy's really a ham. You know, like, why what? is anybody following him? But when they're in the house with the, and they're sitting on the sofa with the corpse and he's mocking them. <laughs> and I'm like, this guy needs to go, you know? And, and what's funny is if they had all just went, let's get the fuck out of here. It would have been only Alan who got killed. <laughs> <laughs> you know and that would have been a great ending you know but everybody just kind of stayed and i get staying a little too long 
because if you can't, if I'm in a group of people and we're all in the middle of the woods in a, in a cabin and I'm like, let's get the fuck out of here. If I'm the only one who decides it's time to leave, I may not leave. That's a caveat to what I was saying before, because I'm not going out there alone. You know, there's strength in numbers. So if everybody, and I, with these fools. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. by the time the shit hit the fan, they, their, their strategy unraveled, you know, they, what was that from, um, for lost boys? We unraveled in the face of the enemy, you know, like that, they, yeah. they all just came apart at that point. And well, dumb fuck bought the Trojan horse up into the bedroom too. So, you know, it was just a complete failure of a plan on all. And up. they helped him take the corpse upstairs yeah. so I could Here. sleep with it. No. Here, put this ticking bomb in my bed. Okay. That, that, that's, you tried to reanimate earlier, you fucking idiot. That, that's an, a, an effective, it's an effective acting in that he drove you so crazy not and he was so annoying not because he like couldn't act and was was poorly portraying something but because of the way he was acting drove you crazy where i recently watched a, a movie called um or wolf of snow hollow oh uh, yeah, yeah i wanted to see that yeah. right so it was the uh the guy it was the writer director and starred in it and he was he was the main character and so super annoying <laughs> that the movie would have probably been good if, if he wasn't acting in it and, and, oh. and, and didn't write his character that way, you know? And it wasn't because he was annoying, but it was like everything was just like poorly acted and, and stuff like that. So yeah, Alan is super annoying, but in a sense that that's the way his character is and, and not in the sense of this is, you know, bad right. writing, bad acting, you know? Right. No, yeah. absolutely. It wasn't, yeah, it was a measurement of the, the actual, yeah, which, which is good because like, you know, look at a movie like kids, which, drove me crazy because i hated all the characters and i wish they would all die but you know what how many movies that i've seen that i don't give a shit about anybody in it that don't make me feel anything True. you know right right there so you go i'll give it to you um it's a rare film the way that film makes you feel that's that's a rarity a couple of yeah uh, the other thing that they i'm sorry Steve, the other thing that they did really well was that once they supposedly got alan to call the the, the zombies off which I don't know that why that wouldn't been Allen's go to immediately as soon as there were zombies at the door, but okay, that's fine. Um, yeah. I I like that Val was like, okay, now <laughs> you know instead of let's just wait and see. Like they ran, I mean, they they got them killed, yeah. but they ran right into the woods to you know now's our chance to go for the boats. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, it, it that was horrific for me because that would have been something I would have done. Like I would have totally like right. okay break for you know let's go there's now. our hole yeah let's take it yeah exactly I, I like the uh, whole bleak ending of it all yeah I'm getting on the boat yeah they're, they're, go they're going the, out to, to the city they're going out to do some <laughs> no kind of Hollywood happy ending happening here yeah I don't go. think those idiots are figuring out how to get to the mainland okay they, <laughs> they're gonna just start eating the boat and it's gonna sink <laughs> there was no sequel so <laughs> so that's they sequel? might have never made it. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, uh, well, so in 2007, Bob Clark actually planned a remake of this film. Oh, it took him that long to figure out it needed one? <laughs> well, <laughs> he got to a point where he felt he, he was just going to revisit his, his, you know, his his rebirth. and uh, But unfortunately, his uh, untimely death in a car accident ruined those plans. Uh, and, oh, did he die in a car accident? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was like a drunk driver, maybe two. Yeah. Man, that's a, well, someone hit him. Think, right? Yeah, yeah. So that wow. was never, those were never realized. So, <clears throat> so the script was written in 10 days. So if nothing else, phenomenal, 
phenomenal yeah. dialogue for 10 days of writing. Right. <laughs> well, well I'll t- I'll, speaking, speaking to the dialogue. So there is one, 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 two lines of dialogue that, that, that I had to think on in a minute. Uh, so Terry at one point, <clears throat> when when alan was saying he was going to uh, declare uh prima prima juncture which is like <laughs> prima oh, yeah. Yeah. and so terry's terry's comment is that she was deflowered by an eagle scout when she was a brownie now i don't know when the brownies <laughs> top out age-wise oh yeah but <laughs> but, but i was like Hey, well, first of all, Eagle Scouts are supposed to be this pinnacle of like all that's good and right with mankind, right? And then the she's a brownie, so she's like what? Not, not based 12? on recent data about the Boy Scouts, but well, more accurate than they knew. 12, 13, I'm like, mm-hmm. I think they have outreach programs for the brownies. She probably could have been in one of those and been like yes, 15 yeah. or 16. Absolutely. Either way, it was a very young deal. <laughs> questionable, a questionable line, but questionable, uh, I'll yeah. chalk it up. I'll chalk that one up to time. Um, the other interesting thing I found out, uh, going back to Alan Ormsby, he wrote the screenplay for 1982's Cat People. Yes. <sighs> He also uh, wrote and directed uh, Deranged. That's not going to mean anything to these guys. Why would they allow him to act, to act Deranged and direct a movie? <laughs> I take no responsibility for that one. Yes, you no, do. No, I don't. No, I don't. You're responsible for me from now on, Hassan, for the rest of this podcast. You take all Every the responsibility. I say is something Hassan sent to me on email and told me to say. <laughs> What's this? Yeah. Complaint? Oh, no, I'm not doing that. I'm behind the entire phenomenon of Midnight Latham. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. It'd be really cool if you did this. He only, he only exists because you say he yeah. exists. To do after this. Well, we're going to talk about that for sure. Oh, no, no, no. So we'll, we'll do a thing at the end where we okay. talk about a director's other things. But uh, yeah, no, yeah. There's, there's no question that, you know... <laughs> That there is here, folks. There is a star at the end of that tunnel that people if you if if you don't if you don't know, you will be pleasantly surprised. (laughs) You know you just don't know until that time of year. (laughs) So that is children shouldn't play with dead things. So I guess this means time for me to go to the bathroom. That's what this means. (laughs) Oh, is that what it means? Okay. (laughs) Oh no, I'm sorry. I don't have to go to the bathroom. (laughs) Oh, you don't have to go to the bathroom. Nope, I was thinking of something else. (laughs) Were were you thinking that maybe it was time to go down the tubes? And again, the internet is not something that you just dump something on. It's not a big truck. It's it's a series of tubes. Damon, I'm very (laughs) sorry. (laughs) They they do this every week. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I I meant to warn you, but I just didn't get a chance. It's hard to warn Damien about all seven awful things that happen every week, though. You can write them down on a piece of paper. She can warn every guest. I'll hold them up as cue cards. (laughs) Wait for it. Wait for it. Number six. It's like like Alice in Wonderland. Seven awful things that happen every podcast. (laughs) Anyway. All right. Why aren't you open? Ah, there you are. Ah, very well. So we will start with the children shouldn't play with dead things posters, which uh, Damien uh, was was quick to point out that I had clearly missed one. This movie was released the following year 
under a completely different name uh, as part of a double feature, feature package with another film. The name of that, what was the, what was the renamed version? So it, it uh, the renamed, on the poster, it's, uh, it happened at Nightmare Inn, but the, uh, I think the title it most familiar with uh, is called A Candle for the Devil. Okay. And then this was called what? Uh, this was called Things from the Grave. Things from the Grave. So mm-hmm. I, I looked it up and if you, you can find, there's a, there's a, there's a, uh, it's called, uh, it just says double feature at the top and it's split down the middle, pink, white, and black printing featuring both films. And I, and I assume you probably own that. Yep. Got that. Damien, Damien is, you a, assume correctly. <laughs> Damien is a avid film poster, film poster collector with, uh, between four and 500 movie posters. So oh, nice. yeah. Nice. That's that's yeah. That's another thing that we would use to talk that about is, a lot. That is no small hobby. No, it's a yes. serious hobby. It's now yeah. so it, a room that displays them all. Yeah, I will. <laughs> <laughs> it's becoming an expensive hobby because now, like the stuff that I don't have, or you know, the stuff you want is is going for the the big money. So <laughs> that's yeah. the curse of the collector. Yeah. We all have it. Do you? Uh, do you have do you have flat files you keep this stuff in or are they all kept folded or rolled? Uh, well, I have both. I have uh, all my folded posters uh, in uh, backing board and uh, sleeve. Okay, and they're all folded. But then the posters that you know were originally rolled, I, right. I have them all rolled in uh, in uh, sleeves and boxes. Okay, all right. but I prefer folded posters. They're so much easier to store. I, I hate rolled posters. Yes. <laughs> Yes, I, I I do agree with that. Well, I, well, and and honestly, if you you, yeah, I'm probably about the same. But I was just thinking that that flat files would also be a good choice in that matter, with a layer of tissue between each one. But uh, that's another investment. So, anyway, we'll start off with the uh, the teaser poster, and and Damien, you can yeah, I'll I pull these down, and you can correct me as I go if I'm wrong on their uh, their original derivation, but. Uh, so this is the uh, the U.S. teaser for this film. Now, now when this movie came out, would this have gone straight to the route of like the Forty Second Street Midnight Theater kind of route, or would it have been regular release like a, any other? It would movie? have probably been regular release, I would imagine. Yeah. Okay. Not much stuff coming out in 1972. Yeah. So uh, interesting uh, choice that the, you know the teaser poster. They decided to do it in black and white. Yeah, too, I, I love that to like... poster. I think that's just a great uh, imagery. And, Any uh, idea who did the artwork? No, I don't know who did the artwork. It, it's somewhat of a rare poster because you really, it's it's somewhat obscure. You don't really see that one related to the movie often at all. Yeah. So next is uh, so is this the this is the regular yeah, that's release. The regular this release. is the the main release film version, yeah. the USA. What would be the U.S. version? Orville's coming and, out uh, party. <laughs> this kind of this kind of fits in with the film to me, like as far as like almost like hiring like almost like a, a like a, I'm not like a comic book artist, but like almost like that kind of artwork for it. Yeah, well, and know? it kind of almost plays the tone of like you know the fun aspect of the movie with the balloon and the little uh, dunce cap thing and <laughs> hanging out. I in mean, the, this. Uh, this- in the coffin <laughs> Orville's coming out party. <laughs> yeah. This would make me want to see the movie. And then after I'd walk out, I'd say the poster was better than. The movie. Yeah. But that's, that's, <laughs> that's the case that's with what I would, all those what posters I would say, back yeah. then were that's, that's a whole nother discussion. <laughs> yeah. Poster right. Art used to be, especially 
you know, back when it was actually artists making posters, right? So much better, so much yeah. better. And then, completely like, completely different experience, yeah, uh, than the movie itself. That's what got me in like, <laughs> collecting posters. It, it looks like a piece of art, you know, and right un, unto itself. And then, and I think it was around the time when um, Scream came out that they they kind of got rid of the uh, the monster aspect or or whatever or the art aspect of posters and just put the actors' faces predominantly on them. Yep. And, yeah. and from the there on in, it changed the whole way posters were made. Yeah. It turned into Photoshop. Yeah. And, 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 Photoshop the, posters, um, and yeah. It, the, the whole art of, of posters got completely lost. And yeah. now in it's, it's coming Struzen? back in, in the silkscreen uh, artist yeah. uh, version of everything, you know? Movie yeah. still in generally the, suck. The, and it's, it's the people, the artists making uh, alternate silkscreen posters of movie posters that are really doing some fantastic work yeah yeah we we depending on when we when we have a more slightly mainstream film choice uh we usually get like you know like when we did our episode on jaws uh if you go to the website and look at that i mean we had like i think we had 50 images to look at yeah of, yeah you know, oh yeah that's... all 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 poster options <clears throat> so there's in a the, lot in of the, in drew struzan's a uh, movie whatever the man and the man behind the poster uh is documentary movie they had the very famously the poster he did for um, Masters of the Universe. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and Thomas Jane was like, I'm still waiting to see this movie. <laughs> 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 I mean, because that, that movie, that poster is an amazing poster, you know, and that and Masters of the Universe was, was what Masters of the Universe well, that, was. Back that, in the 50s, so they would make the poster before they would make the movie. And, and yeah. you know, and just figure out how to make the movie after the poster was done. Like, this is what it kind of needs to be. We need to show something like this. This is what it's called. Yeah. You know, cause that's, that was the selling point. You know, the painted up from concept art or whatever. Yeah. The poster was the selling point, you know, and they, and they built the movie yeah. upon that. Cause the movies were just, they were cheap driving movies. That's all that mattered, you know? Absolutely. So next is the U S half sheet. All right. This guy in the left, man. All right. You gotta, <laughs> I remember you know, that guy. Yeah, you, you want to meet this guy and find out what's going on in his life. Okay, this would draw <laughs> me to the film. He looks a little bit like uh, one of the characters from Island of Doctor Moreau. Like he was like warthog guy or something. Hey, he's like half pig or something. Is he <clears throat> even in this movie? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, I remember. Well, I remember. Yeah. I remember that guy. Yeah. He's pretty. That's, he's pretty prominently featured towards the end. Like I think the guy who's like exposed in the grave that gets up. Well, I think I think he pops up mainly when they get lured out into the open because they think that the the zombies have all gone right. away. No, okay. and then I think he just you know he 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 shows up and it's all over after that. He's got yeah. some great teeth. <laughs> <laughs> so next is the uh, the Gorgon video uh, box art. Which the which the painting is signed eighty three, so I'm guessing this was probably eighty four ish. I don't like that tagline. It's dumb. Yeah, yeah, it's rising, rotting flesh. Well, I mean, you look at the artwork too. Yeah. It's like very, airbrush yeah, and very hot airbrush. pink and blue, and you know, it's like it's yeah, it's, it's all total, over the place. It's totally the wrong decade for this. Yeah, <laughs> this. I don't like. That. <laughs> this is a this is a video box that would fit next to chopping mall. Exactly. <laughs> 
so next is the uh, the cover art for the 35th anniversary DVD, which just pulls that same hand off of the uh, original teaser image. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a book cover. I it does. <laughs> and finally, we have a uh, the only one of the only uh, artist pieces I could find was a, a company called Andy Social Industries uh, of our pal Orville. Yes, yeah. and he this guy sells this artwork on a uh, a myriad of promotional items. You know, T-shirts, cups, stickers, blah blah blah. It's like uh, Funko should make a pop of uh, Orville. They should. They should. That's or at idea. the very least, we could find one that looks like him and then we just paint it ourselves. <laughs> That's probably a better idea for sales. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's all I got for uh, for children shouldn't play with dead things. Not a lot of uh, not a lot of pro- not a lot of promotional materials. There is a there is a press book and uh, there is a set of lobby cards. OK. Now we don't uh, we definitely don't cover those, but uh, I, uh, I I'm surprised actually that there was a uh, a press book done and lobby cards, fancy for that matter for that uh, for that movie. But uh, so that does it for posters. So uh, a quick martini on Mr. Bob Clark. So what we were alluding to earlier about Mr. Clark's future in filmmaking. I think the film that most everyone will be uh, more aware of his make his had made. Uh, of course, I'm talking about Death Dream from uh, you know the year after. No, uh, so Bob Clark also directed a Christmas Story, uh, which is I think probably the the polar opposite <laughs> of yeah. of this film. Very hard movie to find if you haven't seen it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You're going to have to dig deep to see it if you haven't Uh, seen it. Mostly show it on Halloween. It's tough. He also he also directed the the Sylvester Stallone Dolly Parton Rhinestone. Wow! Wow! He directed Turk 182, the Timothy Hutton movie. Yeah, the Timothy Hutton film. Uh, he directed the first two Porky's films. Yeah, really. Huh. And yeah. if you remember, you can see like in Porky's two, when uh, that guy dresses up like the zombie and and runs out into the road uh, in front of the police car. Yeah, you, you kind of can see crazy. like the children <laughs> trying to play with dead things, zombie influence in that scene, <laughs> where the makeup <laughs> is. It was probably had it left over. He's like, hey, I got just the thing for this <laughs> yeah, scene. Probably, right? <laughs> he runs back into a trunk at his house, brings it in the next day. He also directed a movie, which I actually have I have uh, queued up to watch, and I've just been trying to find the time. Baby Geniuses? Uh, yeah, how did you know? <laughs> uh, I've, been, I've been really excited to see Baby Geniuses. And uh, actually, I was really excited about Super Babies, Baby Geniuses <laughs> too. But, you know, I really wanted to no. Murder by Decree from 79 with Christopher Plummer. It's a Sherlock Holmes investigates the murders committed by Jack the Ripper. Uh, it's basically they, they insert Sherlock Holmes into the Jack the Ripper story. And I, you know, I just, it's got a great cast. James Mason, uh, John Gielgud, Donald Sutherland, Jean-Via Bujold, uh, a great, great, oh, wow. you know, 70s cast. And so I, I, I wanted to, 
to go back and watch this. And I didn't, and I didn't even, again, didn't even realize this was Bob Clark, but, um, but yeah, I think, I think that <clears throat> looking across his, uh, what he's done over the course of his career, I can safely say, and I, and I am not by any stretch of the imagination, a big fan of a Christmas story. It's just not, it's not my type of Christmas film. Oh, um, is that even possible? Are you human? I, I, I know. I just, it's not, it's just not my thing. I don't uh, either. It's a decent film, but it's not, it's not the greatest he, Christmas film ever. Right. And, and I, I feel, listen, I feel, and I get, I take, I've taken crap from film people all around for this. I don't like, uh, it's a wonderful life. Okay. I, I just don't care for it. Oh. I've, I've seen it two or three times. That's a good I, 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 and again, I, I get it. Might be the best. Um, it might be the best what? Best Christmas film. But that's okay. It, Keep talking. I have to go with it's Christmas really Vacation really for best Christmas movie. Uh, best Christmas. Really best film. Christmas film is Scrooged. That's a good one. I mean, I like that movie a lot, but yeah, I, I mean, this this guy's a Christmas story is I don't know easily his best film. That's what it, I would say. It's funny to watch. I mean, and, and Christmas Story came how much later? Um, 83. So you're talking only 11 years later and he made a Christmas Story. I mean, it's it's hard. I mean, listen, the technical side of children shouldn't play with dead things, as Damien pointed out. That there's, not, there's not a lot of fault technically with the film. I mean, the actual filmmaking part of it. I mean, we can bitch about the characters. We can complain about the way they talk to each other. Oh, it's competently directed. It's definitely sure. competently put together. Um, he did a film before that called She-Man, A Story of Fixation, which I yeah, I, might find interesting. Uh, yeah. Like a soul, a, oh, man. Oh. Loose Cannons was awful. Yeah, loose cannons oh. is bad. Um, a soldier is forced to take estrogen and wear lingerie when he's blackmailed by a violent transvestite. And apparently, well. and apparently, something weird video has uh, put this out. Some oh. video, so I'm so it, it definitely exists out there. Huh. So, uh, wow, yeah, dude, but, uh, wow, so that, that might be a really <laughs> horrible thing to track down and 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 experience. So. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm definitely going to think that that Christmas story is probably the the top of his. Well, also, uh, he did Black Christmas. Yeah, is credited the other as one. like the first slasher movie. Yes, yep, that's a good point. The, the great grandfather of all slasher films, all right? And right after, right after Death Dream. Uh, I always forget about Black Christmas. That's one of those ones, and I know that. Uh, did you watch that? Did you watch that recent remake? No, Damon? I've never seen any of the remake. Actually, I did see the first remake, but I didn't see the second one. Okay, right. no need. Uh, yeah, it, I understand what the what the director what she was trying to do with the story, right. but there was no point. The only point in calling it a Black Christmas remake was the fact that you were trying to cash in on the name. <laughs> yeah. That's the you that's the, literally you wanted the profits to be in the black. <laughs> that's literally the only reason because I mean, other than it being a, a Christmas slasher movie that takes place at a college yeah. on the holiday, there you know, there and there's there's nothing else, uh, and it's just it's 
I, I, like I said, I understand what she was trying to do with, uh, which is weird because, you know, I mean, black Christmas is somewhat of a famous film, but is for the audience today, are they like, Oh, black Christmas. Like, I, you know, well, that's that's clearly. Thing. I mean, she was she was clearly trying to appeal to the nostalgia side of the horror people. That's the thing, you know. I think calling a movie Black Christmas now, you're right, is not going to appeal to anyone any more than calling it, you know, Evil Christmas or Slasher Christmas or anything else. Yeah. But you would at least have some sort of nostalgic connection to some segment of your target demo, which is weird because you like the the demo with that that you're trying to target generally hate remakes <laughs> that's a good point, so, I, mean, Great point. You know, I don't really don't yeah. understand who who their target is when they do these remakes i agree i i i, I cannot disagree with you hey but, this guy's uh, amazing stories uh episode was was really good remote control man you probably don't remember it but that's that's I actually do not. that's that's a really fun little episode okay spielberg wrote it too or, or partly wrote it oh nice uh, uh, he, he's yeah. got quite the uh, quite the array of uh, films in, in Bob Clark's oeuvre. Wow, Glenn Morgan did the Black Christmas remake. That's the X Files guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. That would make me He'd, take Bob the time that. to see it. Was Bob was was Bob listed as a producer on that one? Yeah, he was yeah. the executive producer of that. Some <laughs> other crappy films. <laughs> Did he uh, did he write anything that he didn't uh... direct? No, he directed everything he wrote. Well, no, he didn't I direct. Mean, he didn't. I mean, not TV wise. TV wise, he the Dukes yeah. of Hazard episodes. He couldn't stoop to that level. <laughs> <laughs> hey, a paycheck's a paycheck, you know. I mean, come on. Well, I mean, so, yeah, you know, it's an interesting dude. It's too bad some drunk driver killed. So. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened to him, you know. I'm not trying to be glib, but you know, I know just the way it came across. Was Killed his son too. That's terrible. Well, that's that's a bad. Or one of his sons. Ah, he was older. Ah, whatever. That's terrible. That's not so good. But uh... so yeah, that's the story of Bob Clark. <laughs> Ends this all on a real good note. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, so quick, go to Roman Polanski. Quick, quick, quick. (laughs) Yeah, he he says he went to school at uh, the University of Miami, where he met uh, Alan Ormsby, uh, who he worked. uh, He worked together a bunch of. Am Ormsby were co-wrote the Porky's films, and uh, he worked. They worked together on a bunch of Bob Clark. If you go back through Bob Clark's film list. Uh, Ormsby was involved with a lot of them, hmm. especially the more the more successful ones. On uh, on uh, Death Dream, when uh, Ormsby, I think, wrote that. Maybe did he write? I think he wrote. I think so. That, and he uh, he did the uh, special effects on that, and that is oh. uh, Tom Savini's first uh, professional makeup gig was on Death Dream, and he was uh, oh, a wow. Ormsby assistant. That's funny. Yeah, because Alan doesn't appear in the movie, right? No, no. He just did, uh, I think, wrote it and did effects, which are actually pretty good, pretty good effects. And they, and they did like a, a fun 
thing where the guy was kind of like aging and decaying and they put bigger clothes on him to give him a sense <laughs> of that he was like oh like and becoming like shrinking. smaller and shrinking yeah. and they just like put bigger baggier clothes on <laughs> <laughs> that's funny and it, it's really effective because it looks like he is like deteriorating yeah, makeup department, Tom Zavini and Alan Ormsby. And Alan Ormsby is uncredited, it says. Oh. So it's just uh, it's just listed as let that be Tom Savini's first. Let's see if he's got it listed as his uh, his first. Uh... Jesus, Savini's got 75 acting credits, for God's sakes. Holy crap. And he got around. <laughs> he got around. Well, now you see, he actually... Uh, he actually is listed as the makeup guy before Death Dream on Deranged. Deranged came out after Death Dream, though, I think. Oh, did it? Yeah. Okay, because he's got it's listed. Deranged is listed ahead of Death Dream. Yeah, maybe both seventy four or. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Death Dream came out before Deranged did. Okay. Because Ormsby went on to write and direct Deranged after uh, after Death Dream, and then Bob gotcha. Clark went on to do Black Christmas. So silly. All right. So, uh, anyway, uh, thanks again. Appreciate you you putting up with us. <laughs> yes. Thank you. And staying up with us. And putting staying up, up with us. Yes. Staying up. You're, uh, you know, it, it, it's not quite as bad if we, we get guests who are on the West Coast because um, then they're only up to like 10 o'clock or, you know, right. it's not too bad. But when, when you're on the same time as us, we, we know what time it is. So. <laughs> But I figured you're a, you're a nighttime guy. You'll probably be all right. <laughs> but uh, thanks again, pal. Yeah, I appreciate thank it. Thank you, guys. A lot of fun. Uh, Good time. Great awesome. job, Damien. Please pick some great movies next time, too. That would be awesome. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's all downhill from here. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. It's, Just gets it trashier like, and trashier. Like I said, it's good, to, it's good to watch things you don't like. Uh, it gives you clarity for the things you do. So. <laughs> Thanks to Fesleyan Studios for our intro music. Get your own awesome music at fesleyanstudios.com. Please check out our website at cinementalpod.com for all the poster images we discuss on our Down the Tube segments. And don't forget to download and subscribe to Cinemental wherever you enjoy your podcasts, or you can always listen to new episodes at cinementalpod.com. Also, you can follow us on all major social media accounts at cinementalpod. For Asan Godwin, Latham Conger III, Damian Glonick and myself, we say thank you so much for listening. And as always, in the words of our friend and mentor, Truman Burbank. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Out. <laughs> Which, if you ever listen to the end of the show. <laughs> yeah, or did listen you, to, did or you listen get to, to the, the end of all. any of our shows? <laughs> <laughs> There's actually a Truman Burbank uh, drop-in that I do there. So. so that's the story behind that. Remember the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> Remember the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. <laughs> like, Asad, like, have you seen Triangle? Don't let the Bermuda Triangle no. go the way of the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> Tri uh, triangle is uh, right up there in the trilogy of great time travel movies that were understated with Primer, Triangle, and Time uh, Crimes. And that's and and they're all great in their own way, but Triangle is is really cool when you're trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah, great. when you when you get to the end, yeah, you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. It's it's fun. It's it's a lot of fun.